This is episode number 132 of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode we have Ian Happ. Ian is currently a uh, Major League Baseball player for the Chicago Cubs, and he actually, I actually played against Ian in college. Um, one of uh, my former teammates back in high school, Ethan McGalpine, actually kind of linked us together on uh, on social media, and that's how we connected, which is uh, pretty cool. And this is an awesome, awesome interview. Um, Ian's a really smart guy. I knew that um, even beforehand. He really understands um, what he has to do to be successful at the plate. He understands his swing, and he talks a lot about how he prepares in this episode, what he has chased in the past that has worked, hasn't worked um how do we kind of go after pitchers these days as they keep getting um uh, better and throwing harder and it's just it's a really really good episode i really think um if you're into hitting you're going to love this and it's going to bring a ton of value um before I forget, make sure to head on over if you haven't already to blastmotion.com if you're interested in getting a bat sensor um you type in code pjb25 for $25 off again blast motion it's the cheapest bat sensor um, pretty much on the market right now and it's also the best one as well so it's going to be something that um, is going to be able to track you whether you're swinging down or up to the ball um, time to contact how long you're on playing with the pitch for and it's it's awesome it's really 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 good and it's really affordable and there's no reason that you can't get one and start helping out a lot of the the players you're working with right now so head on over to blastmotion.com type in code pjb25 for $25 off now ladies and gentlemen we welcome on ian happ All right, and we are now live uh, with Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs. Ian, thanks for coming on today, man. Yeah, appreciate it. So, um, I know we've been talking a little bit, and I know uh, you know you're really into hitting. Um, I know uh, you played at UC. I was at Xavier, and so my coach is now Scott Giggins, the head coach over at UC, and he was kind of saying like how well you know your swing and like how well like you know you really study everything um kind of take me through like what what do you focus on in your swing yeah for me as a switch hitter I, I have different focuses from both sides but I think it's it's important to know who you are as a hitter and that's something that I've gone through since I was drafted and even in college I was a guy that I searched a lot I went you know I went to look at Bobby Tewksbury when he was working with uh, Donaldson and those guys when he was big. I, I've hit with uh, Doug Latta. He was there um, working with Marlon Bird when I was in college and um, teacher man. And, and I've done a lot of that. So to figure out what works for you, what your blend is, um, and then what helps you have success. Like left-handed for me, um, I need to hit the ball a little bit more out in front. I need to be a little bit easier. Right-handed, I need to back it up. I need to use my top hand because my top hand works right-handed. So it's just it's a blend of, of whatever works for you and actually gets the job done in the game. What uh, do you feel? Have you ever thought about like just focusing on one side because you feel like you have to do double the work as a switch hitter? Uh, what well, actually my, it's funny. My first year at UC, Brian Cleary, uh, who was he was the the coach when I got there. Fantastic guy, recruited me absolutely loved him as a coach he wanted me in the fall to just hit right-handed didn't think I could hit left-handed told me you know it, it wasn't good enough and uh 
and he brought in uh, you know Kevin Wilson at all from from I Philadelphia. Do, so yep. Kevin, Kevin Wilson played for UC, and he came in. I think he was a switch hitter, and he told me that fall he's like, "Your left-handed swing is not going to work. It's not going to play. Um, it's not good enough." And and so he tried to convince me to scrap it with Cleary, and so I did it for one fall game. I hit right on right. Absolutely hated it. I went into Cleary's <laughs> office and we kind of we had a little bit of a, a blowout and told him, you know, I'm I'm going to hit left-handed and and I'm going to do the switch hitting thing and just trust me on it. And he was he was unbelievable because I I was a 18 year old at the time and you know telling him that this is how I was going to hit and he he trusted me. He let me do it and it worked out. I you know I was a freshman All American that year and and for him to be able to give me that freedom. Um, never questioned it since then. You uh, brought up before, you kind of threw out some, some different names, so I'm pretty familiar with um, in the hitting world of teaching different types of swings and, and movements and things like that. Do you think there should be – do you, like, have to feel a certain, like, movement with your body? I know you talked about, like, catching the ball out front a little bit more with on your left hand, you know, when you're hitting lefty. But, I mean, is there something, like, do you try and, like, get in your, your, your rear hip a little bit more or something of that magnitude? Yeah, I, I think – so I've hit with Rich for for about three years now, four years now maybe. And, and some of the stuff that you can get in a place where you overdo it, you can try to manipulate your body into different – positions and if you if you don't have a really good understanding of how your body works and what things work for you and especially for me even what things work from both sides of the plate you can get in a position where you know left-handed last year I got in a position where I was way too on my backside like way too um on my backside swinging uphill couldn't get to anything up in the zone and then you start trying to manipulate your swing further and further to try to get to one specific pitch, and then you lose the ability to do things you're really good at. I'm really good at hitting off-speed pitches. I'm really good at dominating down the zone. You know, I hit, I dominate 70% of the strike zone. But if I if they're 30% or 20% that I, I'm not going to be able to handle all that well, and I can just fight to get a mistake, if I, if I don't trust myself to do that and I try to manipulate my swing to hit pitches I'm not good at, well, then it, by the end of a week or by the end of a month, I'm going to look back and I'm hitting 120 or I'm hitting 200 and going, what's going on? So I think you really have to know what your keys are in batting practice, what your keys are in the cage to set yourself up to hit. And then you're out there competing. That's one of the biggest things for me um, when you talk to – when you look at hitting Twitter and you look at kids that are 10, 12 years old and they have really beautiful swings that, that – Guys are manufacturing in a cage that you're looking at. What, what, how does that play? How does it play when you get on the field? When can you back off the swing concepts and move on to competing in the box? And pitch recognition. And pitch recognition, sort of understanding shapes and what guys are trying to do to you. And it's not, it's not to say that they're wrong, that the way that swings are being taught are wrong, because the swings are very good. But I've struggled in my career at different points at the professional level and in college as well at trying to produce a swing. And, and, and then when I get in the box, I've tried so hard to produce this swing that now I'm thinking about movements. I'm thinking about trying to get into my back hip or trying to load around and coil when I'm also trying to hit 95 and it doesn't work. Yeah. I've tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> I promise. Well, I, it's funny you brought, brought up hitting Twitter because – like when I see, and I know Rich kind of 
teaches this a little bit too is is kind of I think that like one-legged swing and so I think like when a I interpret that and I think a lot of people interpret that of like of kids flying open early because of practicing that a lot um what do you do you feel that way or no yeah you know I it's really hard because the way that Rich is on Twitter I keep hearing this is the way that Rich is on Twitter is is so combative but Rich in person is the nicest guy in the world he's super understanding he goes through with you um whatever movements that you feel like you need to work on. And if there's his Twitter teachings are very extreme. He's very singular. He, he, he really strongly believes in, in the core that he has developed on, on his concepts. But when you start talking to him and start talking on a, uh, a higher level, higher patterns, talking about, I'm trying to hit this pitch and also cover this pitch it really starts to back off into more of a toned down approach of what he's talking about, about coil getting all the way coiled. So, you know, we start talking about where's the sweet spot in the coil? Where's the sweet spot where I'm not overloaded? I'm not overloaded and I can also flick to get to this ball. I had, I had a, um, a game this year when I actually, when I was in Iowa and, Hit two home runs on curveballs, backside, left-handed. They're both 80 mile an hour curveballs, and I hit them out. You know, one was 95 plus, one was 97. The exit velocity, which is probably borderline home run, but it was a good wind day and the balls got out. And I thought, you know, that's if we're if we're talking about exit velocity, I've just increased the speed of the ball by 15 miles an hour and 17 miles an hour. If we translate that to a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, I hit that 105, 107. We're talking about 95. I hit that 110, 112. You know, those are I've always been an ex- a guy that has really high exit velocities mm-hmm. and hits the ball really hard, and so that's supposed to get me more hits. Right. Um, but th- I tried to, towards last year and then early this year, I tried to create exit velocity. I tried to create, you know, I want to hit the ball 110 miles an hour every time because it's going to help me get more hits. But if I just flick the ball and make effortless swings like I did on those two pitches and I'm still increasing the velocity 15 miles an hour, if I can increase the velocity, exit velocity of the pitch from whatever it came in at 5 to 10 miles an hour, if I can shoot for that, maybe catch a 15 here and there, that's going to that's gonna be a lot of hits. Finding barrels in that range is going to get me a lot of hits. And I think that's like – I've watched guys do that. I've watched Daniel Murphy do it when he was here. I've watched I watched Riz do it. Um, you get to and KB. You get to watch some of those guys the way that it doesn't look like they're over swinging, and they're just creating a little bit more, a little bit more, and finding a lot of barrels. I think that that's something that isn't taught enough. I 100% agree, and I think that's kind of just kind of going over what like I see a lot of times online where it's it's bat speed, bat speed, bat speed. We're talking about like overload, underload training, and things of that. And I like I get it. Um, you have to, you know, as a big leaguer, I think I read some crazy stat where you have to hit every position player has at least proven they can hit 100 miles an hour exit velocity. And so I think people take that information and say like, well, if you can't do this, then you, tech, I mean, how can you play in the big league? So then like all they do is train for that, but then that creates bad habits, kind of like what you're saying, just at a higher level of scale. Yeah, and when you train, when you train your body or you train your mind that you have to hit the ball 150 miles an hour, what does 115 miles an hour look like when you think about hitting it 150 miles? To me, it looks like 
I'm going to swing out of my ass mm-hmm. to hit this ball 150 miles an hour because I know 95 at my chest, I still have to hit that 10 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour harder, 20 miles an hour harder to get it to 115. Yeah. So if I have to increase a 95-mile-an-hour fastball in my chest by 20, I better be taking a hack. I better be taking an absolute hack. And that's when you you end up missing pitches or fouling. Because the difference, when, especially when guys are throwing balls with ride or that, fee, that feel like they're going up because they're you know, we're talking 2,300, 2,500, 2,700 RPMs on a fastball. When, when guys start throwing that pitch at your chest and you're trying to – chop it or you're trying to make this really powerful move at it your margin for error is so fine it's so fine so if you can make an effort and and that's this is what i've tried to do is to make an effort to just flick at that ball or to make a a a quieter move that for me is you know whatever if you want to call it a snap if you want to call it but to me it feels like i'm just trying to flick it if i barrel that ball and just increase it by five miles an hour. Now, I hit it 100 miles an hour, and if I create the right spin on that, it's going to be you know a single double and maybe a home run. Do you think? Like I know you just talked about flicking it, but do you think swing down for the, especially that higher pitch? I do not think swing down on the higher pitch. I, for me, trying to swing down on the higher pitch or swing flat. Um, when I think swing down, swing down. Uh, doesn't match me up. Doesn't match me on plane. Um, swing down makes me try to catch the ball too far out front, make bad decisions, and then swinging flatter to me takes me. Like we talked about, takes me. If I'm left-handed, it takes me to the right. So it takes me out of my path where my contact point is going to be out front and to the right or to the first base side. Where now I'm too far out front and being a switch hitter if you're trying to match plane <coughs> a right-handed thrower right is going to come towards you mm-hmm. so if i'm trying to match plane and this ball's coming this way and i'm trying to match plane out front of me to right center it's going to be very difficult if a guy's throwing a sinker or if a guy's throwing a changeup, it's going to be moving this way at the end right away from me mm-hmm. so i can try to match that plane to center field right center field and I, that, that's easier for me to match that plane. I'll have more window for air in there. But if the guy's throwing a, a four, true four seam that's coming slightly at me, I have to try to match that plane at him or just to, his, to the shortstop side. So I think that's why the reverse split guys exist more now because it's very hard to match those planes on those pitches. It's very hard... You have to be perfect as as an opposite side hitter, as a guy facing a righty facing hater. Like a righty facing hater has to be very perfect with his four seam because it's coming at he's such angle that he's coming at you, and you're trying to catch a, a four seam like that out in front, right? You're trying. I'm trying to play out in front because it's so firm, mm-hmm. and if I catch it too deep, now it's it's rising, and so I have to make a balance of hitting it off my kind of off my front hip off my front foot but still trying to stay middle because as soon as I get too far out front my window it doesn't it doesn't match up so that's I've seen lefties have some more success off him because that's what they're trying to do lefty it's crossing at their front hip moving more towards the middle and they're trying to get out front so those guys can try to play more down more out front 
and then they have a chance to catch that, and the slider works off the same plane. So the slider works off the same plane, and now they're just catching the fastball here, slider a little bit more out front. So you think that the split grip, because uh, I know I've seen uh, Javi do that, I think I was thinking maybe earlier this year a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. That's because of kind of just how we evolve, because the pitchers are evolving so much. Yeah, I get split grip for a little bit this year. Yeah. And it just, you know, some helps you stay through the zone a little bit more sometimes, helps you get a little bit different feel. Um, but, the I, yeah, I, do, I think that the way that pitchers have evolved, the way that pitch mixes have evolved, um, it, it makes it – whatever your swing is that day and whatever whatever you take into the game, what, once you get there, it's, it's about matching planes of pitches. It's about deciding – if the guy has four pitches, if the guy if the starter with three or four pitches, what two of those pitches come in a similar plane? Where if I'm trying to hit, if I'm trying to match up or hit it in a certain spot, that I actually can do that. I actually can execute on two of the four pitches. Okay, that makes sense. Now, one of the things that's that's taken over hitting uh, pretty much it seems like at all levels is just technology. I mean, there's now there's K vest, there's blast, there's all these different tools. Um, I know um, I had asked you before we even started if you had been on, you know, KVest or Blast, and you said you hadn't yet, but you knew about it. What do you What do you think about that stuff? Yeah, we have uh, this year for the first time in spring training. We got force plates, um, and then Wrigley has the Kinetrax, so you can see all of your bats, and they'll put the stick figure on you and let you know the way you're moving. Um, I think it's really interesting. I, I, I don't think that baseball's done a good job or has figured out yet how to evaluate it or what the numbers mean. Golf has done it. Golf, yeah. you understand what positions are better. You understand how to create force or, or what ways we do create force, and it's repeatable. I, and I think that baseball, on the pitching side, it's easier. Pitching's repeatable. You, you, they give you the ball. You're in control. You can make the same move, the same motion every time to create whatever pitch you want to create. In baseball, or hitting, we're, we're reactionary. We're so reactionary to whatever the pitcher's doing. You can't make the same swing on, you know, technically you can make the swing, same swing on a fastball and a curveball, but it's not going to work like that because I'm, I'm going to be very quick on a, a fastball from foot down till I'm firing, and then I'm going to have to ride my legs out longer on a curveball. And it's just it's not something that you can pattern all the time. So um, I, I think we have to get better at figuring out what it actually does. But I, when I went on the force plates, um, I figured out that left-handed, I create a ton of vertical force. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why in my frame, in a six-foot, 205-pound frame, I can hit opposite field home runs very easily. I, can, I create a lot of vertical force. I'm able to drive the baseball um, because – and is that, you know, I was told, like, well, I, we don't know if that's the best way to create force. We don't know. That might lead to strikeouts. Well, if my body creates vertical force, and that's what got me to the big leagues, I'm not going to go revamp that. Right. Try to be a horizontal force hitter. That's it. First of all, it would take forever, and and I wouldn't be as effective of a hitter as I am now. I think um, what you just mentioned there, like, what you got to, like, what helped you get to the big leagues I think that the technology like right now, I think it's it kind of a slippery slope, right? If I took someone like you, put you on KVS, uh, you looks like you need to do, you know, engage your back scat more. Just you know, you know, stay in the anterior pelvic tilt a little bit more, a little bit longer. Whatever it may be, I'm just making up stuff. 
that can be a slippery slope because you've already figured out a way to get to the big leagues. Where I do think that this tech could come into play is for the guys who are kind of struggling in the minor leagues, right? You know, guys who's never expended the big leagues, never been able to make it or not, whatnot. Maybe, I mean, do you think that's something that it makes more sense down there versus up here? Yeah, I think if you find, I think especially if you find somebody who has really good bat to ball skills, puts the bat on the ball a lot, doesn't hit it all that hard, and, you know, maybe they're hitting okay in the minor leagues or they're just like not getting hits, but they're not striking out, they have a good eye. If you put that guy and say, look, if I, th- I think if you made some of these moves, you made some of these adjustments, I think we can get whatever it is. I think we can. you can hit the ball harder, you can hit the ball in the air more. I think that that stuff makes a lot of sense. Um, but it, you're right, it's a slippery slope with um, especially big league guys. If you, I'd say 99% of big league guys, if you put them on that and told them they had to change, they would – look at you in disgust they would not love that yeah well and i and i get yeah i completely uh completely understand that um no doubt about it what do you are there certain drills that you do on a daily basis that help you kind of feel out what you want to do yeah um i do i do a lot more of a drill package in the off season um kind of leading up to spring training getting myself ready during the season um i'll do different drills depending on you know, where I'm at or what I'm trying to feel. Um, and I, my routine is off the tee left-handed. And I just – I really try to see flight of the ball and try to feel um, some of the things that being, you know, like I said, flicking the ball, being easy, not trying to do too much. Um, and if I'm creating the flight of the ball the right way, I, I feel like I'm doing the right things. Um, and then I go into flips and I do left-handed, right-handed flips. I don't hit off the tee right-handed. Um you don't have to see right-handed. I do not. No, this uh, this year in AAA, I, I had a a little sh- little stretch where I don't know. I went four weeks without even hitting in the cage right-handed, without no tee, no cage right-handed, and I was hitting like I don't know four hundred for the month, like right-handed. Couldn't get out. So <laughs> I don't know. The hitting coach in AAA, Desi Wilson, was like, "I don't think you should ever hit right-handed <laughs> BP or in the cage again." I was trying to figure out my left-handed swing. I was trying to, to work on some stuff, and I was taking the time to get that right. Um, and the whole time, my right-handed swing was, was good. And it's it's more natural for me. It's more natural because I can use my my top hand, and it's strong. Um, and I don't I don't have to kind of manipulate things as much where left-handed because my top hand is the weak side. The non-dominant side, it's, you have to think a little bit more. Maybe I shouldn't, but <laughs> you, try, you try to think about it a little yeah. bit more. All right, two more questions. Um, I know you got a lot of stuff to do. Get ready for the game today. What What do you think a young player, uh, you know, say maybe high high school doesn't, you know, still trying to figure out his body or whatnot, should just focus on just from like when they're hitting? That's a good question. Um, I had I had an experience uh, between my my junior year and junior summer. So I I was a good hitter. Freshman year, sophomore year, I hit for average, but not a, not a ton of power. And then I was expecting to have a great junior year, um, especially in, in Western Pennsylvania. You're trying to get recruited, yeah. and, and teams come watch you as a junior in high school. And I just didn't. I didn't have. You know, I still hit for a pretty high average, but I didn't have a good junior year. I didn't have like the breakout year I was supposed to have. Um, and I and I the Duquesne baseball program folded. My brother played for Duquesne, and the head coach there. The the program folded and. I started to hit with um, a guy named Mike Wilson, who was Josh Wilson, who was a former big leaguer from from Pittsburgh. It's his dad, 
Um, he was the former head coach at Duquesne, and, and we hit that summer, and he taught me how to hit left-handed. Um, it was always a weak swing left-handed. There was never a bunch of power, and the way that he taught me to hit left-handed was it was basically <laughs> hitting Twitter before hitting Twitter where it was, I want you to – it was creating vertical force. I want you to get through the baseball. I want you to – his terms were hump the baseball, and <clears throat> he, I want you to to let your your top hand go. Don't try to don't try to be steep with your top hand. It was basically like let your wrist carry no weight in your top hand, and it was, it was turning the barrel. He taught me how to turn the barrel without without t- talking about it that way, without talking about it. I want you to snap. He taught me how to turn the barrel. He said, let your top hand go. Don't worry about it, and hump the baseball, and that helped me start to hit balls in the air left-handed helped me start to elevate to hit balls the right way and to be really loose and and create this ferris wheel path that we talk about so that was the first time that i had the experience of of like really smashing baseballs really dominating and so that summer i went off and and i got a bunch of scholarship offers and and i was able to go play at cincinnati and and have that opportunity but i would say for high school guys that haven't figured it out yet, that haven't become, keep experimenting. Because even after I went to college, I experimented. I tried to find everything and anything I could to make me a better player because I always knew there was something more in the tank. Even when, you know, I had a great freshman year, I went to the Cape, there was something more in the t- I could still be better. It wasn't, I didn't have it figured out. I didn't, ha- I didn't know what swing it was. And it, when I was in the minor leagues, it was the same thing. It was, it's good, but it's not, it's not good enough. I haven't, I haven't hit the, I haven't, I haven't clicked it yet, and that's when I started hitting with Rich before um, 2017, and I, I had a spring training where things started to, I started to feel in the fall league a little bit, and then spring training like things are clicking. This is what it should feel like to hit, you know, seven home runs in a month, and then to be able to take it to the big leagues and hit 24s. Like this is what it should feel like. These are the way that you should clip balls. So um, you're always learning, and you're, you're always trying to figure out how to be better because the league's adjusting to you. But just keep experimenting. Keep trying to figure out what, what's going to make it click for you. Awesome. Yeah, I remember actually in college you had a toe tap, I believe. I did, yep. And I had a toe tap both sides. Yeah. What, did you get rid of that when you got, after you got drafted? Uh, I had it for the first year. Um, and then going into the second year, I got, I got away from it left-handed. Kept it right-handed for a while. And then uh, it, ended, it ended up just turning into more of a leg kick because the, the timing with the toe tap just got away from me. It was something that, for one reason or another, it, it didn't play. So I just I kept working on different things, and, and the leg kick worked left-handed. And then right-handed, it's been all kinds of stuff. But I did even go back to the toe tap at one point left, uh, right-handed this year. Oh, really? In AAA, yeah. <laughs> All right, very last question. This was from Aaron Trock, uh, sent this one in. How do you recognize pitches, um, and does, like, watching film help with that? Definitely. I, you don't – you never know um, until you get in the box if you're going to be able to see spin. Um, and, and usually if you're going to be able to see spin, it's you know, maybe a slider or, or maybe a changeup. But um, I'm more into pitch shapes. <clears throat> So the way that we watch video, we get to watch videos from basically straight behind because all the cameras in the big leagues are very good. Mm-hmm. So you get to watch video and you get to see shapes. So for me, 
the way that my brain works and the way that I process, if I watch all this guys, uh, the, all of the pitches, I can start to see shapes in my head of how it's going to, we've seen so many pitches in our life that I can start to see a, and imagine the way that the ball is going to come into the zone. And once I start to see shapes of, he throws a, a, a two seam and he throws a change up, maybe they're slightly different, the curveball is going to pop over that, and then the slider, whatever it is, once I start to see shapes, then I, I kind of put into practice in my mind what I'm going through before the game of how I'm going to attack those pitches, where my bat has to come from to match up with those different planes and the way that he's shaping pitches. So if I ask a guy for what he's th- – say I'm hitting seven, the leadoff hitter's left-hander gets out or he gets a hit and comes back in. When I ask him what he's throwing, I'll put my hands up in it. A, some kind of line. I'll say, is is the two seamer moving, and it, it'll be from my left hand to my right hand, wherever it is. Is the curveball shaped this way? I'll never ask for a twelve to six or for eleven to. I I don't ask that. I I work in shapes, so I'm I'm asking him to show me the way that it's moving, so that I so that in my head I can envision it, and I can put into practice the way that I think I'm going to be able to attack the baseball it's a tough explanation yeah. uh over a podcast not being able to show that but um i think everybody's brain works in different ways and everybody has a different idea of how to pick up pitches where they need to start um but it, i think it's very individualized awesome thanks again man appreciate yeah. it